You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. Glad to hear it. So, uh, I want to welcome you guys uh, to uh, our class. It's called Fanning the Flames. My name is uh, Matt Jackstis, and I have the privilege to be able to speak, in, uh, to speak with an uh, awesome sister from uh, Phoenix, Elaine Brimage. Um, and, and before we get started, just so you kind of know a little bit about myself, um, once again, my name is Matt Jackstis. I was baptized about three and a half years ago in the uh, mighty Inland Empire sector of the... There we go. And then the mighty sector of the L.A. Church. So really excited to uh, be able to be here this morning and, and be able to, to speak on such an awesome topic such as prayer. So if you guys are in the wrong class, um, just so you guys know, we're going to be talking about prayer this, uh, this morning. And uh, one of the uh, our, our kind of key verse for this morning is Second uh, Timothy 1.6. And it says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And, and God has really given us an amazing gift. In prayer, we have the opportunity to, to speak with him, to have a conversation with him. And, and that's such an awesome thing. And I know if you guys have had, you know, those kind of moments when you're praying, where you're just like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. God has given us an amazing gift. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is the idea of fanning that gift into something amazing. And really going deeper in your prayer life and looking at, at God as our Father. Looking at God with that childlike faith and then praying powerfully and how that can be done. So prayer is such a broad topic to talk about, especially in kind of a setting like this. Um, so but we're going to hopefully also have some time after to uh, actually put that into practice as well. Um, but I'm going to allow Elaine to introduce herself, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started with, uh, with the lesson and everything. Elaine? Well, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Elaine Bramage II. I actually reside in the wonderful Phoenix Church of Christ. <laughs> it's really a great honor to be here with all of you. I just wanted to take a quick point because, as Matt stated, we're talking about prayer and what an effective prayer life can be. And one of the greatest gifts that our ministry has gotten is that we have a brother who is here for the very first conference. His name is Kevin Butler. He was just baptized about six months ago. Everybody say hi. <laughs> and the power of prayer works. Um, but what I really want to do really quickly is just have everybody stand up really quick. <laughs> okay, and everybody turn to your left and give a high five to the person to your left. Everybody turn to your right and give a fist bump to the person to your right. All right, amen. Let's all have a seat. So I'm certain that most of us know that the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. The second shortest verse in the Bible is in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and it simply states, pray continually. We're going to pray to open up the class right now, so let's pray. 
Father God, good morning, Dad. We really do just come before you thanking you so much for today. God, thank you so much for this opportunity just to be able to share your word. And Father, for all of us to be touched by what your scriptures teach in the regard to prayer. God, I pray that each of us walk away changed and ready to add effective praying to our lives in any way that we may be lacking in that area. Father, I pray so much that our hearts are open to learning and just being able to go out and teach others that prayer is a wonderful thing and that without it, we cannot have an effective life with you. Father, be with both Matt and myself as we pour our hearts out to these group of wonderful people and just really be able to bring you to light. We love you. We thank you and pray this in your son's most wonderful and holy, precious name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Elaine. And uh, I'm really excited uh, as Elaine's going to share a lot of her testimony and uh, and different um, things that she's been affected by when with prayer, and it's uh, it's exciting. So I'm really looking forward to being able to speak with her on it. And what we're talking about today is once again fanning into flame that gift that God has given us. And uh, kind of point number one, and kind of where we're going to start is is the power of prayer, and looking about how powerful God is and, and how powerful prayer can be. If you guys want to turn in your Bibles over to First uh, Kings 18, 22 through 40. And this is a scripture I think, I think we've all gotten to read before, and it's pretty awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a fun scripture. And it, it's Elijah, and he's uh, going up against the prophets of Baal. And uh, starting in verse 22 of uh, chapter 18, it says, Then Elijah said to them, I am only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450. Get two bowls for us. Let them choose one for themselves. Let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I'll prepare the other bowl and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then, when, then you will call on the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of my God. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bowls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bowl given to them and prepared it. They called it. On the, uh, they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. O Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. After they danced around the altar they had made. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Maybe he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued in their frantic prophesying until time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seah of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water, and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your command. 
Answer me, O Lord. Answer me so the people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then fire from the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. Then um, when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. I'm going to stop there. And, And... it's an amazing thing. Prayer is powerful, right? And you look at all these Old Testament stories, and, and, and prayer is something that, that is awesome. It's something that God has called us to, and, and it's effective, right? And, and it's such an encouraging thing. But I look at these guys in the Old Testament. I look at Noah. I look at Moses when he parted the Red Sea. I, I look at, you know, Jacob and Isaac. I look at somebody like Elijah, and I can put them on a pedestal. I could say, oh, they were, you know, they were these great prophets. They were these great men. They're so much more spiritual than I am. They're so much more connected to God than I am. There's something special about them. But then, in the, in the New Testament, in James 5.17, James says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. So it's referencing another time that Elijah prayed for basically no rain, prayed for a drought, and God answered it. But it's such an amazing thing because God is saying to us, we are just like Elijah. He was a man just like us. He's in no way more special than I am. And I so often can kind of decide to put myself down and say, you know what, I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as the people in the Old Testament or the people in the Bible. They're, They're more spiritual. They're more awesome than I am. That's why their prayers get answered. That's why their crazy prayers going up against 450 prophets of Baal. That's why God sent fire from heaven. But the Bible says, no, we're the exact same. We're all men and women. We're all humans. And I could even argue that we might even have a leg up on them because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, and so when I kind of get to that point, I have to remind myself, God answers amazing prayers. God answers powerful prayers. Prayer is something that can change lives. Sometimes it doesn't happen in the way that we expect or with a fire, a pillar of fire from heaven or something like that. But, but God moves in amazing ways. And, and I know that Elaine kind of has some examples of that and kind of we'll, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit more at this moment as we go forward. All right. Um, hold on. Let me turn my trusted iPad back on. So just a little bit about myself. I was actually baptized at 11.36 p.m. on January 8th of 1990 in the Denver Church. I actually moved to Phoenix in December of 1996 after a long battle with health issues. I actually was paralyzed for three months and uh, ended up moving to Phoenix just to help me get healthy. Um, I went through an intense three months of therapy. After that point, I was actually able to get 80% of my mobility back. Um, The road was a hard road, and during that time, there was battles with doubt, anger, and confusion. It caused me to pull away from people and not let people in because I was such a loner. Um, Even growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends or anything like that. So I was a person who always secluded myself. And um, what ended up happening is that the women that were in my life just kind of helped me see the importance of 
having people there to help me. And that's when I started opening up. But it's also when I realized how important prayer is for someone's life. And so what I ended up doing was developing a prayer life that I ended up taking long drives. And I would drive for four hours and just pray. And people were wondering where I was, and it was because I was praying. I was gone. Um, And at one point, ironically, um, we went through a period in the church where they had asked us all to fast. And the women that were involved in my life at that time encouraged me to fast from praying in my car for 30 days. Really challenging because for me, that was the most wonderful place I could ever pray. It was quiet. No one could distract you. You didn't have to answer your phone. It was just my time. So I had to get in my opinion, I just had to figure out ways, how can I still have effective prayer if I'm not driving? And so what I ended up doing is developing a date time with God. And so on Saturdays, that was my time, and I would go to the park and I would take a picnic lunch or breakfast, whatever it was. I would have my quiet time, just him and I, and then I would pray. And that really just became the best time. And then on the other days, I learned how to do prayer walks. And I know for some people that's probably a common thing, but for me, I really, really enjoy just praying in the car. So um, (laughs) to, to change that routine was a challenge, but what I found in that is there are so many avenues in which we can have that connection with God, and we don't have to be stuck in a routine. So I, I loved the fact that now I was able to not only pray in the car, but I was now able to have dates with God, which I still continue to do, as well as go on prayer walks and be that more effective. Amen. It's an amazing sign to show how inadequate I am. She got rebuked for praying too much. Um, That is amazing. And when she... (laughs) uh, One of the most amazing things that happened to me, one of the most amazing prayers that I've seen answered... um, a couple years ago, basically, um, well, three and a half years ago, uh, before I actually got baptized and became a disciple, I was actually, um, I moved into a household with three brothers, and then there were two of us who were actually uh, non-disciples, uh, myself and my buddy Salil. And uh, I got baptized pretty quickly, about a month and a half into living with, uh, with this campus household um, back in October of 2010. And uh, Salil was supposed to be kind of on the same track. I mean, they both kind of allowed, you know, we did the campus household thing, thinking that, you know, we both were going to get baptized pretty quickly. Um, and it just kind of kept going and going. And into January of that year, or of that next year, that school year, he still hadn't gotten baptized, and he was actually kind of pulling further and further away from God. And, and us as a household, the other four brothers, we took the passage in Mark 2, that talked about the idea of um, basically the, the four friends of the paralytic man, you know, climbing up to the roof of the house and tearing down the roof of the house and lowering Jesus down. And it basically was our idea that if we could get him into a house with, with, with God, a house with Jesus, then Jesus would do the rest. So what we started doing is we started praying pretty much continually for him. And uh, every single Sunday we would go, uh, in the evening, we'd go to a park that was kind of up on this hill, and we would, we would just pray. Um, for him, whether it was rain or shine. I remember singing the storm was passing over when it was just hailing and just crazy. It didn't necessarily pass over right away, but we, we, uh, we, we were praying constantly. And the other thing that we did starting in January is one of us would fast each day. So basically every four days I would fast. So it would be myself and then, you know, 
uh, my roommate Nick, my roommate Edwin, my roommate Michael, and myself again. And we did that for three months straight. And sometimes we would trade. So sometimes it would be like, oh, we have finals, so I'm going to fast this day, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat so that I, ha- I can take this final, and then I'll sub for you, so I'll fast this next day as well. So, so we were constantly fasting. There was somebody fasting literally every single minute for, um, for about three months. And finally, on, uh, on Good Friday, actually, of that year, uh, Sulo came up to us and told us, hey, I, I want to I get baptized. And, uh, and then that Sunday, Easter Sunday, we were able to come together and baptize him. And uh, it was my buddy's Michael, his, his day to break the fast. So he continued fasting up until we started sharing for Salil. We shared that scripture, and then he had a piece of bread with him, and he broke the fast that way. And it was such an amazing thing. He's actually here today uh, as well, so, so say hi to him. Um, he's probably the only Indian person here. Um, <laughs> sisters. No, um, anyway. Um, figured I'd throw that out for him. Uh, help a brother out. But, but in that, I saw the power of prayer. I saw what could happen when, when, you know, it was even in that same idea that, you know, Jesus says to, to the paralyzed man, the faith of your friends essentially has saved you. Your, your friends, what your friends did has saved you. And in the same way, our petitioning to God constantly and in a constant state of fasting in that household, I think really, you know, helped change Salil's heart in an amazing way. And, and you know, it, it's such an amazing story of the power of God and the power of prayer that he can still have even today, even if it's not as glorious as, you know, fire coming down from heaven or something like that. God still works in miraculous and amazing ways. Amen? Point number two is childlike faith. Now, how many of you guys grew up going to a church of any kind of type as, as a kid? Okay, good amount of people. How many people remember Sunday school or Kingdom Kids and, like, the stories they told? All right, what were, like, your favorite stories as a, as a little kid? Noah's Ark, okay. Daniel and the Lion's Den. What else? David and Goliath. Jonah, because they talked about Jonah every other week, right? You had to cut out the whale, color it. It was awesome. What else? Joseph, yes, Joseph in the multicolored coat. There's a musical about it and everything, too, yeah. Mary and the birth of Christ, okay. Yeah, amen. Now, now, what are those stories going to have in common as a little kid? Didn't you leave Sunday school just in awe of what God could do? Right? He spoke to Moses as a burning bush. Or it rained and all the animals, you know, you picture Noah's Ark and the giraffe sticking their head out the windows and, and the dove and everything, right? Or, 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 you know, Daniel in the lion's den, you, you know, you, you heard that story and that's so cool. I wanted to, like, go meet lions and jump in the cages at the zoo and stuff. You know, but, but we, we have those things and we would leave those classes, those Sunday schools and stuff, with just an absolute awe of what our God could do, right? We left and just being like, our God is amazing, and then we get older, and, and then all of a sudden, when we go to church on Sundays, you don't really hear those things preached about as much anymore, right? I haven't heard a sermon on Daniel and the lion's den in forever. You kind of, you, you start hearing other things, and you start getting impressed if the minister, you know, knows his Greek, or, you know, is able to decipher a word, or, or you know, has some special insight, or if, if he's kind of funny, or whatever. Those are the things that kind of impact us. And I think one of the biggest things for us as, as we pray and as we go to God is going back to that sense of awe of what we had as little children 
where, where we see God as this amazing Father in heaven who can do these crazy things, like let three guys go into a fiery furnace and still live, or, you know, flood the entire earth and have all the animals, you know, safely make it and all that stuff. It's, it's crazy, but it's awesome. And Jesus touches on it. Jesus says in Mark, thir- in Mark 10, starting in verse 13, it says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such of these. Such as, uh, truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And I love that last part. Whoever doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child. It's like kind of in Christmas time, you know, you, you, you have that. Um, you have that kind of, you, you have that present that you really want. You're looking forward to it, and you're waiting to be able to open up that gift and get, you know, whatever it was. For me, it was a Game Boy and, and Pokemon or a basketball hoop, right? Um, but, but you have that gift. And then the same way, being able to enter into a relationship with God, being able to talk to Him, we should receive that like a child. It should be an amazing thing because the creator of our universe wants to have a dialogue with you. That is awesome. And so I continuously have to bring myself back to this idea that God is amazing. In the Inland Empire, we're actually uh, going through kind of a transition. Um, we, uh, I don't know if anybody knows about the Inland Empire. It's kind of the part of the L.A. church where people don't want to live. Um, you know, you got Orange County, L.A., and then you got Riverside. Um, but, but what we have is we, we, we actually, our church actually, um, we don't want to use the word split because we didn't split, but we basically sent out and uh, we have two different churches now. We have one in Rancho Cucamonga and one in Riverside so that we're basically kind of dividing and conquering and multiplying. It's an exciting thing. But one of the biggest things that we've been talking about, one of the biggest things on my heart is getting back to how amazing God is, getting back to what Jesus did for me. And kind of stripping away all the exterior things, you know. We're meeting in a less kind of furbished building. It's not as, you know, it's not as high class um, at the moment. And music, we're going through transitions and we're trying to get the sound just right. And and so, you know, it can kind of be like when we almost took a step backwards. But when you peel all that other stuff off, whether it's the type of worship that you like or not, or, you know, whether the speaker's good, you know, the type of speaker that you like or, or whatever, it comes down to Jesus, it comes down to who he is and what he's done for us. And, and, and as we pray, as we go to him, I think it's so important for us to petition him like a child in complete awe and wonder for what he's done in our lives. It's something where God, you know, he, he's so amazing. And, and he has done so much in every single person's life in this room. And I can so easily forget that. And I can go to God and kind of start treating him like Santa Claus or a genie. I want this and I want this. I want this, and God, can you help with this? Can you help with this? Instead of just stepping back and recognizing, no, my God is amazing. My God created everything. He knows every single hair on my head. He sent his son to die on the cross for my sins. And so coming back to that realization has been huge for me as I go through my prayer life, as I recognize that God is, is just absolutely amazing and, and, and awesome. And I know Elaine is going to be able to touch on that a little bit as well. Okay, well, I actually did not grow up in church, so my childlike awe and uh, wonder came later in life. Um, I didn't have a great close relationship with my parents growing up. Um, after becoming a Christian, 
we started building on that. And so I just want to share about childlike awe and what God does just with my family. And um, my parents and I ran a limousine company for 17 years together. Um, During that time was the time I was able to really reconnect with them and work those issues out and resolve situations. And so we were very successful, um, had a lucrative business. And um, after the 17 years, my dad just started having this cough. And uh, my dad had never been sick a day in his life. And so um, he had this cough, and he went in for his annual physical and told the doctors about the cough. And uh, they did scans, and um, the results came back that uh, he had lung cancer. And uh, they went in to do surgery. Uh, My mom and I were in the waiting room and the doctors came out and said that it had already spread into his lung wall so there was nothing they could do. Um, They diagnosed it at that point at stage four and uh, had given my dad a year to live. And at that point, we were just wondering, how are we going to do this? How are we going to survive? What can we do? How are we going to take care of situations? So it was a matter of needing to sell the business and what that would look like. And um, so basically... Prayer comes into play when you have to pray about, are we going to be able to sell the business quickly? Am I going to be able to find another job quick enough? Will my dad be healed? And how would we as a family be taken care of financially? Um, Really, we we went through a lot. Uh, My parents and I each lost our houses because of having to sell the business. Um, And basically, just from continuous prayer, relationships, talking to the churches, And here's how the wonder and awe of God works. We were able to sell the business, and the plan that we came up with for the person who bought our business was that it would be a two-year payback plan so that they paid something every month to my parents, which financially set them up. And um, for me, I was given an incredible job, and within a month I was laid off, (laughs) But that same company who had jobs in other uh, departments called me back, asked me to interview for another position. I got that position. Today, I'm actually a supervisor in that same position. So God answered that prayer. And as of today, um, what I want to share is that kids, when they ask for something, they ask, believe, and they're just going to get it, right? They have that faith. They have that childlike heart. We don't always have that. And so there's a scripture, and it's in Ephesians 3.20, and it talks about, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And here's the power of prayer. Um, Again, my dad was given a year to survive. As of this month, it's six years since his diagnosis, and he is still with us. And it, when we actually were praying, thank you, <laughs> when we were actually praying, we were praying just for him to make it through the year with less pain. And God abundantly answered that far more than what we were asking for because he's still here with us today. Um, the battle is progressing. As of last week, he was actually given the um, terminal diagnosis, so it is actually getting worse. He's had two surgeries this week. Yesterday he had another one, and so we're still going through this, but our prayer now is for strength 
and for him to be able to not suffer much pain. I will tell you the encouragement part about this is that this morning when I spoke to him, he actually woke up feeling better than he has in the last three weeks and was actually able to go see his granddaughter play soccer for the first time. So again, God is answering these prayers even through this week as my church and so many of my friends have been praying um, just for my family and the health and everything that's been going on. I can't even begin to express the importance of what prayer can do because God does hear us and God's not going to hear us if we're not asking and sometimes we may not know what to ask but we still need to be down on our knees. We still need to be going to him, crying out to him. Even if all you can say is, God, help me find out what I need. Never lack going to God in prayer. And take someone with you if you have to. Prayer partners are always wonderful. One of the things that I'm doing with the women that God has blessed me to oversee right now is that we all have discipling partners, but I also have each of them paired up with a separate person that is not their discipler and they are prayer partners and so they pray together every week in addition to the discipling and it's opened up the opportunity for us to know more of what's going on in each other's lives more effective prayer for one another and more follow-through with one another and God has already started answering so many of those prayers that have been out there just because of the faithfulness of coming together and being united so thank you for letting me share That is amazing, and and even being able to kind of, Elaine and I didn't even know, even know each other before we were paired up to speak, but just emailing back and forth and texting back and forth over the last few weeks, and her sharing those different things with me and stuff. It's been, that's been really encouraging to even just see a, a, another amazing example of what what God can do and the power that He has, and, and God certainly answers prayer. Unfortunately, there are times that that, that God doesn't answer prayer as well. And, and that's a huge thing, and that's a huge thing that we as, as disciples need to realize as well. There are times where God doesn't answer prayer. If you're married, brothers, if you don't treat your wife as a co-heir in Christ, if you don't treat her the love that she deserves, God says that he won't answer your prayers. We're going to look at another scripture here in Isaiah 58, if you want to turn with me there. where it starts talking about prayer that, that, that God does not honor, prayer that God does not want to listen to. And I lost my bookmark, so bear with me. All right. In Isaiah 58, starting in verse 3, it says, Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of the fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast that I have chosen, only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is it not the kind of fasting that I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe him and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. 
and the glory of the Lord will be at your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. See, God says, if you're not kind of doing the things that I want you to do, I'm not going to listen to you. If you're not taking care of the poor, if you're not clothing the naked, if you're not helping the sick, if you're not freeing the, inju- the, you know, the people under injustice, then I'm not going to listen to you. What's the point of fasting if you're not doing as I want you to do, as I command you to do? There we go. Okay. And in John 15, starting in verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you you. One of the biggest things as disciples that we have to realize is this idea that, that, once again, we can't treat God like Santa Claus. And God honors prayer when we're actually in the fight. Elijah prayed to God and God quickly answered the prayer. Why? Because he was going up against 450 prophets of Baal that wanted to kill him. See, when we're actually in the fight, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up for their faith and were thrown into the fiery furnace, that's when God answered. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, that's when God answered. When the Israelites were pursued by the Egyptians and the Red Sea was in front of them, that's when God answered. God doesn't answer you typically when you're sitting on the couch watching House of Cards on Netflix with a bag of Cheetos. (laughs) I haven't seen that. God answers when you do work. God answers when you are expanding his kingdom. God answers you when you are rooted in him, connected to him. God answers you in those times when you're helping out the poor. Matthew 28. We all know this verse. We've probably heard it about a thousand times. And it's a promise that God has. And he says, I'm going to be with you. But, but it's even more than that. Because he, he says... He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He says, I am with you if you are doing this, if you're going out and baptizing and discipling and teaching and loving and serving. I'm with you then. God doesn't necessarily promise to always be with us in that way, in the way of answering prayer, if we aren't serving him. And and so one of the biggest things for me to kind of wrap my head around is I can get very comfy. I can get very happy with where I'm at. I can get very comfy just kind of going about my life and doing my things. And then I call on God and I expect him to answer me right away, like like a butler or something like that. Like, okay, God, I need this or I want this. I desire this. But, but God doesn't really honor those prayers unless I'm in the fight. God doesn't honor those prayers unless I'm serving, unless I'm striving for him, unless I'm connected and rooted with him. If I'm part of the vine, then, I will, then he will answer my petitions. If I'm away from the vine, if I'm doing my own thing, he doesn't answer those petitions. 
And, and my biggest prayer and the thing that I've been really kind of holding on to over the past few weeks, I've been kind of preparing for this and even just, just even life circumstances of my own with, with some family issues and even transitioning with, with, with work and different things like that as well is in Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 4. We'll start in verse 3, actually. It says, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then, I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to seek Him in His temple. Elaine has an awesome kind of calendar or, or charge as well on, on kind of maybe improving your prayer life or kind of a practical. But one for me that I've been working through for the last couple of weeks is I'm trying to pray for one thing in, in the majority of my prayers. I'm just praying to see God, to be close to him, to be able to dwell with him in his temple. I'm just, I've been trying to just pray for that. I've just been trying to say this one thing I ask God, this one thing I seek I want to dwell in your house. I want to be with you. I want to commune with you. I want to see your face. That's all. I just want to see that. And in that, that's going to be enough. And if I'm close to him, then he's going to provide. If I'm close to him, then, then my prayers are going to be answered. If I'm not close to him, then, then I'm just creating this wall that takes so much time and effort to try to break down. If I'm not close to him then the rest of it really doesn't matter. And, and so that's been my prayer. That's been my desire. So that's one challenge. As you try to grow in your prayer lives, and this is something where, you know what, I need work on. I haven't prayed as much as I really need to. And even listening to Elaine, being able to pray for four hours in a car, after about probably 30, 40 minutes, maybe an hour, I'm like, you know what, what's happening on ESPN radio or... You know, maybe, maybe I'll just listen to some worship songs or something like that, you know, just to distract me. But to be able to get to a place where I'm just like, no, God, the only thing I desire is to seek you. I just want that. I just want to see your face. I want to be that close to you. That's been my prayer, and that might be a good kind of practical as we go forward. And, you know, as we even leave kind of the high that, that a retreat or, or something like this can kind of provide, we can all kind of leave san diego and feel like on this spiritual mountain and and stuff and all of a sudden you kind of life hits you have to go back into work on monday and deal with your bosses and co-workers and and, and life again and bills and all that and then it kind of goes down but but i want to encourage you guys to maybe do that idea of just be seeking god constantly because he, he he desires to have that relationship with us and he wants to have that with us and Elaine's going to share a few practicals real quick on this and then also kind of her kind of thoughts and ideas on, on, you know, being rooted in God as well. Okay, well, I really do believe that um, having a tight relationship with God through quiet times as well as prayer is what makes our relationship with God successful. And, the um, you know, one of the themes that I always practices that keep praying it works you know you hear that about AA keep coming back it works well keep praying it really does work and just an example of how we need to be more effective even just in our personal relationship with God is in the area of sharing our faith 
And I had a situation where I was praying just to meet an open person on my job. And um, we had had this event for work, and I actually ended up meeting this person. And we spoke for probably a good hour or so at work, and I invited her to come to church. And uh, she did come a couple of times and invited her to study the Bible, and she wasn't ready at that point. Um, And so I continued building my relationship and my friendship with her, continued praying for her. And about a year after this, um, her niece actually passed away from a brain aneurysm at 12 years old. And what ended up happening is because of the relationship that I had with her, I was like one of the first people that she called. And so what I did for her at that point was meaning that she had to travel back to where her family was. We spoke daily. We prayed daily. And when she came back, she started studying the Bible. Um, And then she was baptized. From the first meeting that I had with her until the time she was baptized, it was two years. So it really does pay to pray. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and God will answer that. And and one of the things I realize is that sometimes we'll pray and we'll pray for just one thing and not pray about it again, thinking God heard me, I don't need to pray about it again. Keep praying about the same thing because God does want to hear it. And sometimes we might not like the answer that he gives back, but we still need to trust it because through prayer he's going to give us an answer some way. Um, I have different formats that I use um, for praying that help me to be more in tune and in touch with specific areas to pray about. And I'm going to share those with you right now. I think um, Matt has them up there. But um, this is the format that I kind of use for my prayer life. Um, and what it helps me realize is that I'm, I'm not missing out on anything because it's, it's important to make sure that, you know, we're effective. But if I don't have a format and if I don't have a formula, I don't pray and I forget. So this is just one of the things I do and I wanted to give it to you guys as a help if it helps. Amen. Um, But one of the things that I know Matt and I both feel (laughs) really strong with and for is that praying helps every other area of your life be better. And, And that's really the reality. So through scripture reading, through your personal quiet times, I know we even touched on that in the women's room, Um, And just through your prayer life, you can have a more effective walk with God. And I know Matt and I both feel like it's important, again, just to grab that person to help you. If you're having a difficult time, just grab someone and say, teach me how to pray. Help me learn how to be more effective in my prayer life because I want to be better. And God will move through that. Right now, within our group, we actually have three active women study going on right now and one restoration. And it really is because of the power of prayer. So I leave that with you and It's been encouraging to be with you guys today for me. Thank you for letting me share my story and being open and vulnerable with all of you. And I hope I get a chance to talk to some of you. But thank you for giving your hearts to us this morning. Thank you so much again, Elaine. Um, And I think that's awesome. I'm actually going to start trying to do that in the next few weeks coming up here is just having that set idea because I know I can kind of wander. If I just kind of let my heart, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to pray. And I kind of like, just, you know, I can be like that dog from Up and just kind of get really distracted and just be like, oh, tree, squirrel. Um, 
So I, I could get very distracted. And so having that, having a, a formula in place and having kind of a format can be really beneficial. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And um, we're going to have, we have just a few minutes here. But uh, um, I do want to encourage you guys to break out in the next, like, probably five minutes or so um, before we have to split, because I know we have to split very soon. Um, so take about five minutes on your way to your next class or something and get with somebody and, and pray, because, let's see, next class, yeah, we need to get going. So, amen, I really do, once again, appreciate everybody coming this morning. I'm just going to close this out in a very quick prayer, and then uh, we'll go on transition to our next, um, to our next class. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. Once again, I thank you so much for the gift of prayer. I thank you so much for, for, for allowing us a, a conduit to be able to communicate with you and be able to talk with you, that you're a father and a king that wants to hear from us and wants us to, to and delights in being able to communicate with us, Lord. And I really do ask that we don't take this gift for granted that we don't you know, lose sight of the power that it brings, Lord, that we don't lose sight of the fact that we have amazing access to it through your Holy Spirit, Lord. I just ask today that uh, we can all become better prayer warriors, that you can really bless this part of our lives, that we can grow close to you because of it. Just continue to bless the rest of this uh, conference and the speakers that are going to be coming up following us, Lord, that you just really speak through them in a powerful way. Be with us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, awesome. Once again, thank you guys so much. You guys are dismissed to go to your next class. You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.